From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good afternoon to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live and uh, Elaine, a, a monumental historical event today. This is first, isn't it? This is a first. We are doing our first live streaming uh, podcast uh, across the globe. And so good to have all of you with us. And uh, I know a few will be joining us uh, at the top of the hour here as well, and we'll recognize them and when they're aboard. But again, a, a great, uh, wonderful new window that God has opened up for us. The technology and is just amazing. It is. It, it is absolutely incredible. And uh, equally as incredible is the fact that I figured some of it out and we could do it. But, <laughs> well, we you know, may have a few uh, bugs, but hey, you know. Well, another story. <laughs> By the way, friends, if you'd like to find out when the live streaming broadcasts occur, you can go to our website at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashing gizmo, gizmo there, <laughs> it and uh, it'll take you to our daily update page, and it'll tell you when our next live broadcast is. And, of course, you can uh, join us at any time at your convenience to listen to Lighthouse Live at www.lighthouselive.blogspot.com. That's a tongue twister, oh, isn't sounds it? like something that <laughs> smashes into your windshield while you're driving. Oh, Blogspot! Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, at www.lighthouselive.blogspot.com, and you can listen anytime. Again, if you'd like to uh, find out when the live streaming events are, you can uh, check the daily update page, click on that link, and uh, they'll bring you up to speed on that. Let's check in now with our weekly update from our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the unspoken lessons of the catacombs. Beneath Rome are nearly 600 miles of winding caverns hand-dug by early Jesus freaks. Originally, they were only underground cemeteries, but as persecution increased, Christians would gather there for prayer and worship. Carvings in the catacombs reflect the kind of hope not found in cemeteries above ground. Pagan headstones might be inscribed with the words, Live for the present hour, since we are sure of nothing else. But down in the catacombs, you can still see carvings of the Good Shepherd, crowns, vines, the ichthus fish, and inscriptions reading, The Word of God is not bound, and victorious in peace in Christ. Will you take a stand? Go online to persecution.com. And uh, back with you here live, here on Lighthouse Live, coming to you from the front room of Advancing Vibrant Communities. And again, uh, we kind of like the ambiance here of 
uh, being in the front part of our office and the sirens going by mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully not taking me away today. No, but, no, hopefully you know, not. The fender benders that, that the occur from benders, time to Those aren't time. too exciting either. Yeah. Anyway, we just uh, invite you, if you'd like, again, if, as you check those uh, live broadcast dates, you're welcome to join us here in the studio uh, here at 422 Coffee Road. Uh, that's on Scenic Just North. Or on, or on Coffee Road, just north of, it must be Monday, <laughs> Coffee Road, it. just north of Scenic, <laughs> under the Quality Communications sign, yes. and uh, also always uh, a joy to have you with us and uh, to join us for that. And just a reminder, friends, coming up on January 23rd, that's Tuesday, January 23rd, Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute will be here in Modesto to share his heart about legal issues and challenges Facing the church today, we're going to talk about everything from how that affects uh, youth ministries to uh, uh, churches expanding, building new buildings, issues of eminent domain, and uh, also some human uh, resource issues given uh, uh, today's laws and such. You need to be up to speed uh, within the uh, ministry area and uh, the church uh, business area. You need to know what the law is, and Brad's going to share all that. Plus, you get a free lunch. Hey, I mean, free. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat that. It's from 10 to 1 on Tuesday, January 23rd. There's absolutely no cost for this. This is sponsored by the Pacific Justice Institute and Advancing Vibrant Communities. Simply give us a call. There is limited seating. We have. We uh, are pastors. getting reservations. Yeah, we're yes. getting a lot of reservations. If you would yeah. like to attend, don't delay. Give us a call. 209-544-9571. That's 209 209- Five four four nine five seven one, and uh, let Elaine know or whoever happens to be answering yes. the phone at that moment uh, that you would like to be part of that. Again, that's Brad Dacus, Pacific Justice Institute, Legal Challenges and Issues Facing the Church. That's Tuesday, January 23rd, 10 to 1, and we'd be happy to make that free reservation for you. Speaking of Brad Dacus, let's check in with the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. How would you like your pastor charged with a hate crime for speaking the truth? Well, that's exactly what happened to Pastor Audrey Yancey of Courts Hill before the Antelope Valley Human Relations Task Force after a Muslim cleric alleged that the distribution of 200 gospel tracts was a hate crime. Well, fortunately for freedom, our local attorney, Karen Milam, defended him successfully. Now, we are pleased that freedom prevailed in this case, and we will continue to work hard to ensure that pastors are not silenced by intolerance. But let us never forget that the fight for religious freedom requires steadfast perseverance both at home and abroad. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And again, friends, one of the great uh, attributes of the Pacific Justice Institute is they provide all those services pro bono. Oh, wow. uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful ministry, and uh, I, I like the attitude that Brad has. You know, he doesn't look for adversarial relationships, if at all possible. Things are taken care of in a very uh, amicable way. And uh, so we just appreciate his work. And again, uh, remember, he'll be out here Tuesday, January 23rd. Give us a call if you'd like some more information on that. But 
there's but more. We there, have we, uh, some opportunities uh, to serve right here in the, our own community. Friends, this is from the Volunteer Center of the United Way, where the Christmas kettle campaign for this year is going in full force. You want to bless those bell ringers. They're just still going strong, and you see them everywhere as you're out and about doing your shopping. We want to thank all who have and still are participating in that. The Salvation Army Red Shield Center is a Christian-based community center for people of all ages whose purpose it is to provide positive character building activities by offering educational, recreational, social, and spiritual programs and uh, many opportunities to volunteer there. Well, the Salvation Army and the Turlock Corps and Turlock Together, it's a collaboration, are holding their annual Christmas dinner, and you can still help serve, uh, help needy families receive their Christmas dinners in Turlock without organization. Volunteers are needed to set up uh, for the dinner on the 23rd, that's this coming Saturday, and also to be hosts and hostesses at the dinner on Monday, the 25th, Christmas Day, and that's at 12 noon, and and you want to greet and direct dinner attendees. That's what you'd be doing, assisting with games and activities and serving up a meal, helping the kitchen crew perhaps, and cleaning up after the event is over. And and families and groups are welcome to participate if your family wants to do something on that day. The United Samaritans Foundation also serving up meals. You can help provide a hot holiday meal to Needy and Ceres, Houston, Keys, Modesto, and Turlock. That's this Friday. And holiday gifts for children and adults are also appreciated. And the United Samaritans Foundation Daily Bread Ministries providing hot meals or bag lunches to the needy of Stanislaw County weekdays from its kitchen in Houston, Modesto, and Turlock. And if you have any questions on any of these opportunities, feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. And friends, we have many opportunities as Pastor Mike said at the top of the hour here, to serve and volunteer with AVC. Everything from simple fix-it jobs to uh, uh, donating furniture items and giving rides to medical appointments. You want to give us a call at 209-544-9571, and we'll be happy to plug you into those opportunities. You know, and this being Christmas week almost coming almost. up uh, uh, a week from now, we do have an opportunity for carolers. Mm, and I know that yes. there are a couple of open dates towards the end of this week. We need people. Uh, to help uh, make a joyful noise, yes. and uh, that'll be at many of our uh, long-term health care facilities here in town for our senior saints to uh, uh, enrich their Christmas a little bit. You know, many of those folks are abandoned by their That's families, right. and so they true. live alone in a very lonely lives, and it's just uh, heartwarming to be able to do that. If you're interested in joining our carolers, and, you know, as long as you can sort of carry a tune. Now, our guest today, you know, <laughs> sure is that, an awesome vocalist. You know, Todd is tune. Todd is absolutely incredible. You don't have to be as good as Todd, but, you know, if you can carry a tune, why yes, we can go. use you. Give us a call, 209-544-9571, and we'll be happy to uh, hook you up with one of those opportunities. I tell you what, our hearts are making a joyful noise today because as we want to warmly welcome our great brother who has been so faithfully serving in Slovenia and uh, home. Home for Christmas, home for the holidays. Todd, Sarah, and his, his daughter, Lily, we just want to welcome you. Todd, thank you for making time. Those sirens are going by. They're not coming for you, probably. So you're okay, <laughs> but welcome. Thanks so much. So glad to be here once again on Lighthouse Live. It's awesome. You know, Todd Honeycutt, is, he really is a renaissance man. You know, Todd, God has gifted you in, in so many ways. And uh, now in, in this chapter of your life, being in uh, Slovenia and 
uh, great opportunity. We, we uh, were able to come and visit you, and uh, it is a whole different world, isn't it, than, than what we're used to here? It's, it's, de- it's deceptively similarly different. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those places where sometimes you think of <clears throat> the mission field as being a place where you're running through the jungle, you know, wearing some strange clothing or something. I mean, we do that here at ABC <laughs> from time to time, but uh, <laughs> we but we won't go there, will we? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, this is Western Europe. It's it's what you think of. I mean, Slovenia. If if I was to give you a picture in your brain, think of the first few minutes of the movie of The Sound of Music with uh, beautiful Alpine mountains. Uh, Catholic churches dotting the hillsides. Um, I, I don't see people spinning around singing songs per se there in Slovenia, but it's just a, a lovely, lovely green uh, alpine country. And so sometimes uh, it's hard to see it as a mission field, but it's it's uh, definitely one of the least reached countries in the world and uh, needs the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Amid and, and, and there's a lot of affluence there. Oh yeah. Um, and amid all that beauty. Uh, you know, God uh, is is not present in the lives of so many people. And again, I, you know, it's not a place, Elaine, that you would normally think about being a mission field, and yet uh, the darkness. I think of spiritual poverty. There. You yeah, know, you talk about absolutely. being affluent. Uh, the spiritual poverty just is is everywhere, and of course, that's why you're there. That's right. Uh, there was a recent article. That there's an English language uh, Slovenia um, newspaper. It's called the Slovenia Times. You can actually get it online. And the article in last month's was about um, hopeless for the holidays, and it was about suicides and how, you know, just, just yes, like here, suicide yes. rate goes up high. Yeah. But it was saying that uh, Slovenia has the highest rate of suicide in the world for people age 65 and up. It has the third highest suicide rate for women, and overall it has the eighth highest suicide rate in the entire world. Now, wow. if you think about the world, think about these poverty-stricken countries where, you know, you would think there's no hope, and here's a country where... It's the most wired country in Europe. You know, we have more Internet, uh, more uh, cell phones, more everything than any other country in Europe per capita. And uh, and I remember in that article, <clears throat> there was a sentence that said something like, um, All, everyone who comes to our country and visits uh, says how beautiful the country is, but we know that there is there is a hell that resides in our wow. souls. Mm. And then it said, and what is the problem? And then, of course, the article went on to list various things. But we know what the true answer is to the, the hole in their hearts. What's the population in Slovenia? It's only two million. Uh, mm. It's a, it is a distinct people group with its own language, its own history and culture, but it's only two million people. Todd, uh, give us an idea geographically on a, a radio atlas here. Uh, yeah. Give people an orientation <laughs> about where Slovenia is. Here, I'll give you guys a little bookmark so oh, you can look good. there too. Um, okay, let me hold that up to the microphone. Yes, so you for can our friends at home, yes. Have lots of visual aids here today. Um, right in the smack dab in the middle of Europe. If you think of Italy, the boot of Italy, that's mm, just yes. to the west of Slovenia. To the north is Austria. We have a little border with Hungary in the east, and then the, the main southern border is with Croatia. So this is the northernmost part of the former Yugoslavia. Um, that's why you've never heard of it before, because you know Yugoslavia was kind of a 20th century creation, and prior to that, Slovenia was absorbed into the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So it was only a country since 1991. And you said they were predominantly Catholic there? Catholic? Yes, yes. Uh, um, to be Slovene is to be Catholic. Mm-hmm is to be Christian. And so when, when you come in as a Baptist or a Pentecostal or Brethren or um, other other groups that are there, Calvary Chapel, 
um, you're instantly placed as a sect. Um, mm. In fact, one of my friends, he was chatting with a reporter a few months ago and just was mentioning that he was with the Baptist Church. And, and, the, and the reporter, without batting an eye, without meaning any offense, he just said, oh, so you're with a sect, eh? Mm. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that means uh, anything that's not Catholic. But um, in, as, as we know, in countries where uh, there's a predominant religion, whether it's Catholicism or Orthodoxy or even Islam, generally that means it doesn't touch people's everyday lives, their choices, their values. It's just part of their identity and, and has little to do with personal faith. Todd, uh, I know the language uh, has has been a, a major issue, very tough uh, to to learn and and to understand. And, and you spent uh, quite a while, and I guess are, are still in process. Sure, sure, and in sure. some way, tell us a little bit about the language and some of the challenges that you face. Well, the thing with the language to think about is that if Slovenia didn't exist as a country until 1991, the language was the only thing that defined them as a people group. They don't have, if you look at their money, which. Uh, by the way, is being phased out on January 1st. Um, we're, we're, we're dropping the tolar and taking the euro on. That's oh, how successful that right? we are. Really? We're the only country, if you remember a year or two ago, there was, uh, I think, nine countries, Poland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, um, all these, Estonia, different countries joined the European Union. But the monetary union is a different thing. And we're the only one out of all of that group that was, you know, have, have the inflation rate at the right level and all of that stuff to be able to adopt the euro. So we're saying goodbye to the tolar. But if you look at the tolars, like here's the 10 tolar bill. In fact, I'll give Hold that more, more lovely <laughs> visual aids here. Yeah, wow. Look at that. Uh, this guy is the, is, is the reformer. If you look at the dates there, 1508 to 1586, Primoz Trubar was the man who essentially defined Slovenia, the Slovene language, everything about them. He was the first one to say, uh, it was actually in the title page to his first book, it said, My Dear Slovenes. That was the very first time that word had ever been used. Wow. Because huh. Slovenia, what is modern-day Slovenia, was part of three different um, states within the Austro-Hungarian Empire. They had nothing connecting them politically or otherwise. And, and they didn't see their languages even as a unified thing. And this was the man who took all of these different dialects, synthesized a literary language. Mm-hmm. Um, on the front of the bill is the, is the title page to his grammar, which was the very first Slovene book. And on the back is the title page to the New Testament, which he helped to start translating. And we were, I forget exactly, it's either the 12th or the 13th language in the world to have the Bible in its own tongue, you know, because back then everyone was into Latin and all that stuff. Sure. So this man is such a towering figure in all of their history that no one even comes close to him, but they they, they largely ignore him. And if I can just say say a little side thing here, he's um his the the 500th anniversary of his birth is going to be in the year 2008, and so we're already strategizing and planning towards what could we do uh, as the evangelical church. And in partner with some partnership with some churches here, to really make use of that Kairos opportunity, because wow, I mean, all of the media is going to be wondering. So who's this guy, and why, why don't we seem to hear much about him? In some regions of the country, during the Counter Reformation, the Catholic Counter Reformation, um, you wouldn't even name your child Primoz, which was a fairly popular name before that. But uh, since then, uh, for for hundreds of years, until like the mid 1900s, there there were no babies ever, there were no boys ever named Primoz in that whole. Region. Wow! But your specific question was about the language. Sorry, but back to the language. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Slavic language, uh, much like uh, Polish and Czech and Serbian and Russian and all of those. But again, because of their lack of political power, they didn't have educational institutions to teach the language. And over time, languages naturally simplify. 
You know, they say that Shakespeare's language, you know, his his vocabulary was like 10, 20 times bigger than ours. And you read Shakespeare and you go, wow, I have no idea what that word means. <laughs> well, Slovenia didn't have that um, um, whittling process. Mm. And so it has some really archaic aspects to it, which makes it really difficult. And so, yes, we've been studying for many years. Actually, the, praise the Lord, this year... 2006, there's been many different opportunities where we've really been affirmed in our language learning because um, we've really kind of stuck with it. There's a tension when you get to a place as a missionary to you see the needs around you and you say, I got to get out there. I got to start telling people about Jesus. Praise the Lord. But, but, the, but when you do that and when you step out largely into ministry, the language falls by the side. And what that means is in the long term, you're, you're kind of separated from, from the people in everyday life. So we really feel like we made a wise choice in those early years to, uh, to really focus almost exclusively on that. Well, and, and culturally, uh, relationships are a little bit different uh, in, in Slovenia than, than, than here and in other parts of Europe as well. There's not, um, I, I would say, having visited there, there's not that natural connection that happens. You really have to work at Establishing relationships. Don't you? That's right. Uh, praise the Lord for uh, the, the, our, our little daughter Lily. She is such a <laughs> connecting point oh, with amen. so many people. Because yeah. uh, now, now that we look back on it, in those first uh, four years in Slovenia, uh, people were probably suspicious of us. Who are you? Why are you, you know, approaching forty years old? Why are you here? You don't have any children. What's up with that? They mm-hmm. never would say that. But mm-hmm. now with Lily, uh, she's breaking down some barriers. You know, Europeans in general are very closed. They're very. Um, you have to have a reason to get to know someone. Remember a story about? I think it was a made-up story, but it was it was a indicative of of the situation where an American visits a friend who's living in, I think it was Germany, and he's asking different questions, and he looks out the window and he sees that the neighbor has a motorcycle. Hey, so I guess your neighbor has a motorcycle. What kind of motorcycle is it? The guy says, I don't know. Um, Well, uh, you ever talk to your neighbor? What's he into? I have no idea. (laughs) Just because you live next door to someone doesn't mean you ever even talk to them. You Mm. might say hello, Mm. but no, no need for any conversation beyond that. Why do you suppose that is? Or is I don't know. Just part uh, because, well, I might, I might hypothesize. Well, maybe it's the communist era. You know, you, lack of trust. But, but the, it's true in Germany. It's true in these other countries as well. Americans are just a naturally gregarious, um, friendly type people. But it must be said that Europeans also view us as. Um, somewhat surfacy. I mean, you know, we have millions of friends. We call everybody your friend. You meet someone in five minutes, ah, you're my friend, that's great, and you hug them. And you... For European, that takes years. Mm-hmm. And we've been there five and a half years, and some of the people who we would have, even in those first weeks, said, hey, you're my friend, we're becoming friends with them now. Mm-hmm. The longer that we stay there, even some of our ministry partners who really understand, you know, you have to gain the right in Europe to really be heard. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, praise the Lord for certain ministries that maybe are out there on the street corner sharing their faith and, uh, you know, crusade type evangelism. But it would seem in the long run the deepest and the most effective uh, evangelism and and ministry is done through long-term relationships. Relationships, that's what it's about. And that depends on the language as well. Sure. Because are you going to expect them to speak English with you? Are you you really going to be able to speak to their heart? So, Mm. yeah. Well, and, and there are a few other things that we learned. Uh, Lori and I learned very quickly that unless you wanted to be looked like you were from outer space, you don't ask for ice in your drinks that's there, true, right? That's true. <laughs> well, ice, are you serious? Ice, oh, my ice would be viewed as, uh, especially this time of year, they'd say, oh, you're, you'll, you'll get a cold <laughs> a few seconds from now. <laughs> yeah, they have lots of um, 
old wives' tales, I could say, that, <laughs> that are just scientific fact to them. And you just go, oh, you know, oh Sarah's sick. Oh, I guess she must have been sitting in a cross draft. Mm. That's just a, a, a known fact is that if you're sitting between a window and a door or two windows and the wind is blowing by you, you will get sick. Oh. That's just the bottom line. My goodness. So I don't know. Todd, as a society, are they charitable? Um, charity mm. and philanthropy are kind of non-existent. Really? I'd say in much of Europe, but I'd say in the former communist countries, there's a real sense of entitlement. There's a real sense mm. of <coughs> the government's taking care of us. Mm-hmm. So um, even within the churches, um, there's only one full-time paid pastor paid by his church in the evangelical churches of Slovenia. Everyone else has either their own job or they get support from the West. There isn't even a, a heart for giving to the Lord, much less, yeah, let's help the needy person. In a Catholic culture, there is obviously some, you know, we need to help the guy who's begging on the street, which is rare. Um, I was going to ask you about homeless, any homeless Yeah, rare. Uh, where yeah. we used to live in the capital city, there was a park where some of the more homeless people would stay, but it, it's a rarity and, and not certainly nothing like, like we experience here mm. in the States. Mm. Uh, Although, obviously, with the fall of socialism, there, there isn't the safety net. And uh, some people, even in a country like Slovenia, lament the old days that, um, well, everybody had a job and everybody had some money. Yeah, well, you know, that's the way capitalism works and that sometimes the rich get really rich and there's some people who start getting really poor. So, but that's, that's the reality of uh, market economies. Has the gang culture entered no, the country? Uh, no, not, not really. There's... Um, some of the minorities, um, the Serbs or the Croats, sometimes you'll see some graffiti around town. But no, no, it, it's it, on the whole, it's a very safe place. In fact, <laughs> just being here in Modesto for a few days over Christmas, I'm much more aware of people, and I see different people in groups of you know young guys or something. And you go, hmm, kind of want to stay away there. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I went to Modesto High. I, I don't live on the west side, but we live out on the. I, I'm used to that that part of our culture, but. Um, Slovenia, you know, you could you could be a you know 15 year old girl probably just about anywhere, any time of day or night, and you could feel safe. Mm. It's, it's a really low crime country. Todd, take us very briefly through the process that God took you through to say, "I want you to go to Slovenia." I mean, it's not normally what comes to your mind again when you think of the mission field, but uh, God had some uh, unique things in store for you. Yeah, you know, the first time we saw Slovenia, it was some pictures that Sarah's brother had shown us. He used to be the missions and the singles pastor at Big Valley and then was a pastor up in Tracy. And we were, in the meantime, we were down in Albania. Uh, If you know anything about Albania, think of North Korea right now. Mm -hmm. And when it opened up, you know, the poverty and and the bizarre, twisted form of communism that was there. So we were down there for six months just kind of getting our feet wet in missions. We got home. And Jim started talking to us about, well, there, you got to look at Croatia and Slovenia. doesn't seem like there's much going on here. Mm. There's hardly any missionaries. You know, there were 700 missionaries in Albania when we were there, 96. I know there's less now, but today in Slovenia, there's only about 30 missionary families. So, I mean, it, it's very wow. small. But then he showed us pictures. And you look at these beautiful snow-capped mountains and these beautifully manicured lawns and uh, no trash on the ground. And you go... Well, my honest first opinion was this isn't missions. Mm. Missions, in in a paternalistic sense, is where you know you're up here and they're down here, and you come in with some amazing resource. And when you come to a place like Slovenia, 
um, you can't do that. You have to come in pretty much at their level because you are mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, begin to find out what are the needs and the hurts in their lives. So um, Slovenia I'd never actually heard of, which is kind of strange because I'm a history major. I always had uh, maps up on my wall growing up. Uh, but there was a group out of Budapest that was organizing uh, teams to go into countries to facilitate reaching the whole country, specifically planning churches to get a church within reach of everybody in the country. And they were the ones who suggested Slovenia, and it was like, great. Could you just point it out on the map? That'd be nice. <laughs> and, uh, and then we took a couple of uh, trips there, really, really connected well. And I must say that especially in the Slovene context with it being so embryonic, really, in, in every aspect the church, um, my experience here with the Church of Modesto and that what became uh, Mission Greater Modesto was really essential. Mm. Working with the whole body of Christ, um, just be, being um, a resource person, you know, kind of like uh, you guys do here with, oh, here's a need. Well, this person across over here does that. Or, oh, you're planting this kind of church. Well, this guy's doing the same thing. Or, oh, you didn't know that there's a Calvary Chapel in Slovenia? Yeah, it's a great church. Um, oh, you need Bibles, oh, whatever. Just be in the contact person that, that most people know that when, when, when you need something or you need some information or where do I do that, we get emails and calls all the time because that's who we become for Slovenia. So. And uh, technology plays a big part. And uh, I was very impressed when we visited you in your uh, your apartment there that you had what international service or something tied to your Internet. It was a pr- pretty neat and complex uh, thing. And so God has also given you the advantage of having technology available that allows you to make a lot of those connections. Right? Sure, sure. And and I must say, being a missionary in the year 2006 is nothing like being a missionary, you know, hundreds of years ago where mm-hmm. they'd pack their stuff in a coffin and say, see you in heaven and get on the boat. You right. know, yeah. We can fly back every year for Christmas, um, you know, with Avonage and other internet phone things. You can just pick up a phone and call someone and say howdy. So that also is, is a real blessing for, for missionaries serving overseas, that the world is a little smaller. It also means that culture is similar. You know, you look at high schoolers in Slovenia, eh, they're looking like high schoolers in America. They're dressing like it. They're the Western, watching the MTV. Yeah. They're playing the video mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Now, there's obviously in ter- terribly negative aspects of that, and, and, it's, and it's, yeah, this global culture is meaning that some of these people groups, especially smaller people groups, are losing some of their identity. But for us, you know, it means that it isn't such a a dramatic jump for us to these other cultures. Right. We're celebrating a homecoming with Todd Hennicat from Slovenia and a joyous time for him and his wife, Sarah, and daughter, Liliana. Well, it's a joyous occasion to be welcomed home by family and especially from our Heavenly Father. Let's join with Brian Littrell now in his song entitled Welcome Home You on Lighthouse Live. said no way but I laid it all down gave everything in my hand rang the words and my father said you're never far I will be to see your face 
Live. He's formerly with the Backstreet Boys, you might remember him with them, and he's doing very well now on the Christian charts. Well, you're with Pastor Mike Elaine and our very special guest this week, Todd Hennicutt, serving faithfully in Sylvania. And we just want to welcome Todd home, his lovely wife Sarah, and his little girl who is just a joy. I thank God for technology, Todd, because as you send the emails and the newsletters and letting us know of all of the things coming up, and, and most importantly to me, the prayer request, because I feel like we almost know the people that you send the, the prayer request uh, uh, as you network with all of the people here in the States. Yeah, we really see um, communicating back home as part of our ministry mm. that um, there's so many things that are happening or need to happen, and that's only going to come by prayer. And mm. um, terms like prayer warrior and prayer movements and all of that stuff really don't exist in Slovenia. We're, we're, mm. we're getting rolling with a few. There's a few of us that are... Um, talking about those kinds of issues, but we really have to look for reinforcements from the outside in the spiritual realm. So, You know, and speaking of those emails, uh, friends, if you haven't or you're not receiving Todsies, they, they are not a spam problem, no, and never. they are beautifully done, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, not overdone, not under, I mean, it's perfect. Uh, Todd, how can people uh, get on your, your email list? Yeah, if, if you'd interested? like to uh, find out more about what we're doing in Slovenia. In fact, our newsletters really aren't just focused on us. It's really about all the different things that are yes. happening across Slovenia. Um, you can you can send an email to itisus, I-T-I-S-U-S, at CompuServe.com. Yes, I still have a CompuServe address. People are blown away by that. <laughs> had that for a long time. Itisus at CompuServe.com. Be glad to... Uh, get you in the loop of what the Lord's doing in Slovenia. I know what with being home for this, uh, what seems like a brief period of time, because it's never long enough, is it? You've got church services, open house, uh, special mm-hmm. celebrations going on, special appearances everywhere, even dentist appointments, and you fit us in. But I know, <laughs> I know you've got some uh, special things on the calendar that you'd like to pass along and invite everyone to take part in. That'd be great. Uh, I have the honor of... Um, preaching at First Baptist Church in Modesto the weekend of uh, January 6th and 7th. We'll be speaking some about Slovenia during that service, So, uh, as well as in that service we'll be singing a song in Slovene from the recent New Hope Tour. Uh, for the Day of Reformation, the Day of Reformation is October 31st. 
Slovenia is only one of two countries in Europe that, that celebrate the Day of Reformation, which is the day that Martin Luther nailed the theses to the church door at Wittenberg. Um, so it's, it's a national holiday. It's great. And, uh, and for that purpose, a group came here from First Baptist Church in Modesto and did a series of concerts in the Slovene language, which was pretty remarkable. Mm. And so we'll be doing uh, some of those on Sunday morning, uh, sun, Saturday night the 6th and Sunday morning the 7th if you aren't attending a church. And then also on Friday night, December 29th, also at First Baptist Church in the main worship center there, at 7 o'clock, we're going to do the concert. This is going to wow. be awesome. It's, it's really exciting. I remember in 2002, one lady came when we did this, and she said, you know what? That was the best worship time I've had in years. Now, we're singing in Slovene. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a foreign film where you're listening to Italian or whatever and no you're subtitles? looking at the subtitles. We will have subtitles oh, on the walls. The, the lyrics to the words, the lyrics to the song, sorry, will be on the walls. But it's exciting. And also instead of, you know, the testimonies and stuff that we use during the concerts, we'll be telling testimonies of what the Lord did through that. So if you want to learn more about Slovenia, uh, that would be a fun night to come out. And that's First Baptist Church in Modesto at 12th and M, uh, if you're not familiar with that. Uh, pretty freeway close off the 99, and if uh, you want more information on how to get there, call me. Yeah, don't uh, call me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's another show in itself, yeah, explaining that either. one. But anyway, give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. We'll be happy to give you directions to First Baptist and some details. I hope you can join us. It's going to be a great time. And again, that's December 29th, right? December 29th. We All just right. had to cram it in with our schedule and some other events that... Um, that other people have. A lot of people want a piece of you while you're home. Sure. Well, that's okay. And that's a good thing. How can people contact you? Can they contact you by phone, Todd? Um, Well, it's only at my folks' house. If not, we'll have them call here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you want to call my folks' house, but they screen their calls. (laughs) Well, we just hope that the No wonder I can never get through. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say email is probably the best way. They have caller ID. They know who it is. (laughs) Uh, It's Mike. Hang up. (laughs) Todd, we recently uh, attended a a national conference, and and much of the focus uh, was on our youth. And maybe you can share a little bit. You did earlier as well, but maybe what the youth looks like in Slovenia in terms terms of, of uh, kingdom work. The exciting thing is that uh, the same week we moved to Slovenia, this was in June of 2001, some other missionaries um, from Multnomah uh, moved there as well. They're with a mission called Josiah Venture, and it's a great uh, organization mainly in Central Europe where they're, uh, you know, our focus is we want to get churches everywhere. We want to get start mm-hmm. a movement of church planning, and they want to get a movement of youth group planning. And uh, we can really see uh, the work that they are doing having a, a serious impact in several churches there in Slovenia, um, working with the youth. Uh, probably like here, um, when, when students get into high school, they're kind of set in their ways and their friends and their, well, they're, yeah, they're shaping their values. But what we found is, in, in, especially in this church that we're working at in Kran now, uh, we targeted the junior high age. Um, in the last few years with some English camps and outreach events. And now that they're in high school, we've got them. You know, I mean, they're there. Um, uh, we aren't really sure, honestly, how many of them are yet believers, but they are there every week for really? the youth group, mm-hmm. summer, attending wow. the church as well. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, just you know they're, they're sensing a need uh, in their lives. Also, I mean, it, it is fun to hang out with Americans and talk in English. In fact, one of the guys uh, that's uh, currently attending the church, he won the silver medal in English you know, for the whole country. Wow! And he attributes a lot of that to just hanging around and speaking normal English with uh, with us, mm. uh, with 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 uh, the folks leading the youth program there. But yeah, obviously, like in any country, the youth is the future. Um, the youth in the church, I would say, is the hope for the church because the churches there are really divided. There's a lot of uh, conflict between them. And we just pray that uh, some of the conflicts of the past will not be um, carried over into the coming generations. You know, Todd, you alluded to this a couple of minutes ago, but you were really the, the go-to guy for many years for the Church of Modesto, now Mission Greater Modesto, in terms of uh, resources and being a coordinating uh, uh, person and such. And let's talk a little more in detail about how those dynamics now are transferring to what you're doing in Slovenia and, and some of the, the prayer needs that you have in that role, and, and again, you just mentioned some of the churches not exactly doing the John 17 thing. You know, not that we're we're there. He, we're not at that point here, you know, yet. But we, you know, we have had um, some some great times of working together. Talk a little bit about some of the challenges and how God prepared you by your work in Modesto uh, for your Slovene experience. By the way, I just want to say it was fun listening to uh, Michael and uh, Ross Bryles recently on a, mm-hmm. it wasn't a podcast, it was a phone cast or something with mm-hmm. the, the Prayer Summits guys, and yeah, that was great yeah. just to hear what the Lord is doing here. You know, in, in uh, the Church of Modesto, I just really fell in love with it. Um, it really uh, excited my heart to see the whole body of Christ, or not the whole, but a broad swath of the body of Christ working together, um, reaching out, worshiping together. Um, the pastor's prayer times on Wednesdays, you know, we got in at midnight on Tuesday night. I was at pastor's prayer at 12 o'clock the next day because that was the only Wednesday I would have free. Uh, I just see that as so important. So when we got there, obviously we thought of things like, well, we should start a pastor's prayer meeting. And uh, But looking at the present situation, I was like, there's no way. These guys are, you know, not getting along, let's say. And then I had two different people come to me and say, we need to start a prayer time together. So, okay, Lord, you're speaking Amen. great. So we'll do that. We're coming up on five years with that. Uh, we just do once a month there, but it's still a meaningful time. We've done a few a small prayer summits with that. Um, we're working, as I said, on this prayer network. There's several churches well, okay, three churches that actually have prayer groups. Now, every church in Slovenia has a prayer meeting, which might be here, you know, Wednesday nights, you know. But but in reality, the prayer meeting on Wednesday night looks pretty much like, oh, the Sunday morning service, because they might pray a few more minutes, but there's still someone teaching, and they're still singing songs. And, right. But there's a, there's a couple of churches that are catching on to um, prayer. Like, for example, the Baptist church there in Ljubljana, has the capital city has on Mondays they pray for 24 hours so they pass around a sheet of paper during the the Sunday worship service and you sign up for an hour to pray mm-hmm. and their church has dramatically changed wow there's a charismatic church in town as well that has a couple of um, prayer meetings and and there's a church down in the southeast towards uh, Zagreb Croatia they have a Monday night normal prayer meeting which is a great prayer time and then once a month they have Friday night after the service um, prayer for Slovenia and the world. And these these are remarkable new things. So we're trying to network those people together, and we're, we've, yeah, we've already had three meetings, and we're trying to get some tools out there. Um, you know, you just think about when, when you only have roughly about 1,000, 1,100 evangelical believers, 
um, you you really can't afford some of the petty bickering, the yeah. holding on to grudges. Now, that isn't to say here in you know Modesto, where we have, what, 120, 140 evangelical churches, we can't afford it either because the battle is that serious. The battle for men's souls, the I mean, this is life and death, heaven and hell kinds of stuff, and, and the things that generally divide us are not worth it. And um, so whether it was here in Modesto or in Slovenia can really... Um, see that as, as as an integral part of ministry. Because if you look at John 17, you know, when Jesus talks about unity in the body, the end result of it is effective evangelism. Mm-hmm. When you look at Psalm 133, um, where brothers dwell together in unity, there the Lord commands blessing, specifically life evermore. So we can talk all we want about evangelism. We can pack out, pass out millions of tracts. We can preach powerful sermons. But if we are speaking ill of our Christian brother across town, if we are not actively building relationships with other churches, it would seem that the Lord can't bless that, or or that the way that he has set up the universe, he won't bless it, because he says, unity in the body is such a a witness to the world of who I am and the truth of the gospel, that uh, these, these, these other things that divide society should not be dividing the church. So... You know, I would like to talk about it in just uh, after we take a quick break here, uh, Todd. What people in Slovenia need to see mm-hmm. in the church that's growing there to say, you know what, I want that. That's something more attractive to me than maybe what we might call cultural Christianity. I, you know, I, I think I am because that's their tradition here. We'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes uh, right here on Lighthouse Live. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involved serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. 
Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work, and I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you live on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas, Elaine Harlan, and our very special guest, Todd Hennecott, missionary in Slovenia. And Todd, as we take a look at the needs from the, of the people in Slovenia and look at the culture and the churches that are growing there, uh, all the time, we think about, uh, living good lives among the pa- pagans. We visit the, uh, the uh, scripture in First Peter 2.12, which says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Uh, that's powerful, and we know that you're doing that there. That's a, that's a great yeah. message for the Slovene church, of course, for the American church as well. Mm. Yeah, when, um, when we think about what, what the... What the society in general needs to see, it's, yeah, obviously it needs to be um, Christian people living out their faith in everyday life, in their businesses, in their um, jobs, in their school, that, yeah, they're, they're, what that you know, verse is essentially saying is that they, they can make stuff up about you, but they can't hang any hooks. There's, there's nothing. You're blameless in, in that mm-hmm. sense. You're a, you're a positive part of society. You bring something to, you know, when I think of ABC, that's, that's what it is. It's the church um, serving the community. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that in Slovenia. Um, one thing about Slovenia as uh, opposed to uh, the states and maybe some other settings, I can see in addition to, you know, the church needing to be a vibrant living entity with uh, powerful worship, with the word being preached, just some, some of the basics which are lacking in many of the churches, is that, um, as we said towards the beginning of the broadcast, when most people in Slovenia would regard evangelical churches as a sect, um, there needs to be some platform. Um, many of the events that we've done with the New Hope Group and others, part of the mission of that is simply to lend legitimacy 
just to say this is a valid religious group within the Christian tradition that has a history that's part of a broad movement around the world. This isn't just some weird, wacky cult thing that's going to you know, try to steal your money and have you shave your head or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I think that's a huge issue in Slovenia. They, they need to know that they're joining something that, that has a history there in Slovenia. That's what the True Bar 2008 project is about, trying to figure out how we can utilize that opportunity. Um, because I, I just think of some people who are winning people to the Lord and in their village, they're really viewed as this one gal, because of her the joy in her life and her effect on other people, she's being regarded as essentially a witch because mm. she's so effective and they'd have no categories for this stuff. Mm. And they just can't seem to, you know, what is this? this we've never seen this in, in our church. Well, so what is she doing? And... Um, so I can see a great need in Slovenia just for a greater public awareness of the reality of the Protestant Church, of the Evangelical Church, and that it's it's a part of Slovene history, society, and that it is a valid option. Because the only real valid option right now is definitely not the Catholic Church. It's anything Eastern. Give us any New Agey, yoga e guru guy coming through, and oh boy, the halls are filled for those kind of people. Is that right? Is because that right? it's seen, it's you know, Christianity's kind of a been there, done that kind of a mm. thing. Yeah, 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 we're Christian, but pff, give me a break. Let's talk about the priests. Let's talk about, rah, 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 you know, they, they'll complain about the Catholic Church all the time. So then they can turn to this amorphous, impersonal, New Agey stuff, and that's where they're going. But to say, no, 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 let's get back to the Bible, get back to uh, your roots. The thing that defined you was a man who said, you Slovenes, men and women, obviously revolutionary in that time, you need to be able to study the Bible so that you can get to know your God better. Amen. So, and this was back in the 1500s. Back right? in the 1500s. That's amazing. An early, early form of education for all, one of, one of the first ones in the world. Wow. Yeah. Todd, whether it's Stanislaw County or Slovenia where you are serving, people want to see the authenticity. They want to see the realness in the Christian life lived out, walked out on a daily basis. They really do need to know you care. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you find that? Absolutely. And, and as we know in, in our, in, in the whole global culture today, we're shifting away from, you know, modern society to postmodern society and relationship and just being together and, and living faith together. That's, that's what people want. They, they don't so much want, here's, here's, and not to pick on the four laws, here are four spiritual laws, right, believe right. these things. Yeah. Okay, well, what has God meant in your life, and how does that affect your choices and, and your family? Boy, your family seems to be happy, or, boy, your children actually seem to listen to you. What does what that, you know, how does that affect, what, what, how did that come about? Well, uh, through your faith in Christ. So, yes, I would agree that, that Slovenia, as in Stanislaw County, it's all about relationships. It's all about living out your faith. I remember with this New Hope group again, uh, this time and back in 2002, several people just commenting that, wow, uh, you know, here's here's a bunch of uh, folks basically worshiping the Lord for two hours, and uh, that's that's something most people have never seen before. Mm. And remember, one one guy in a, in a large Catholic church in 2002 said, "I, I never I've, I, I never knew what worship looked like before." Wow! So thanks that's for amazing. coming. Yeah. Wow. So I can see that that authentic worship, and well as community, will be uh, essential in reaching. Um, any part of our world in these coming decades. So this dynamic of the postmodern mind that is uh, very much uh, in, into the experiential aspect of things and, and looking for that authenticity is, is pretty much a mirror image of 
what we're experiencing here in the United States as well. That's right. You know, it's Absolutely. kind of a global, a global trend, do you it's think? It's a global trend that, mm-hmm. that we need to um, not reject, but we need to rejoice in and, and grab onto, which is hard for us because most of us, us being, you know, 40s and up, <laughs> no, no fingers being pointed. Um, uh, well, you're that. very gracious. <laughs> that was gracious. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> that, that. That we didn't grow up in that world. And that's sometimes right. we think it's mm-hmm. a little cheap or it's a little weird. Or, ah, those kids. Well, you know, that's that's how people are thinking now. And so sure. we need to take the world as it is, as it is uh, proclaim the gospel in a way that they can hear it. Todd, very quickly, how would you encourage the body of believers here in the United States and and locally here in your hometown? How can we better help you serve where you are? How can we pray for you? How can we support you? Well, just speaking generally about missions, missions is often sidelined to a department of the church. Don't see the missions department or that, you know, that wall at your church with a few pictures on it as something else. See it as integral. See, see those people overseas as part of your pastoral staff just happen to be in a different location. Um, your prayers, your financial support obviously is wonderful, but just see that we're all part of the body of Christ. And, um, don't think that your responsibility for reaching the world or Modesto at Stanislaw County is is someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, get out there and do it. Yes. Uh, or, or as we were talking about unity in the body of Christ, be active in that. Mm-hmm. I know that not mm-hmm. all of us are called to make that one of our major uh, foci, but uh, it's such an integral part of who we are in the body of Christ. Um, we we'll just say go for it. Let's uh, back in 1987, 1988, I had cancer, and that that experience when I was 19 years old really showed me how short yes. life is, and I really yes. want to make a difference. Sometimes I look around myself in the Slovene Church and here, and I go, wow, these people have so much potential, but they're so focused on whatever, you know, just only bringing up the kids or only bringing home the bacon or whatever. Praise the Lord for those things. But I'd say life is short, and we're going to be in heaven very soon looking yes. back at how we spent these few meager years that we have on this earth. And I would say, go for it. Make some wise choices with your time, your money, your talents. Hey, we're here in AVC. Hey, hello. <laughs> and, uh, and say, um, you know, I, I want to look back and say that I spent uh, my life well for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Todd Honeycutt, thank you so much. Time has gotten away from us. Welcome home. Merry Christmas to you, Sari Liliana. And uh, Merry Christmas to all of you listening at home or wherever you happen to be listening. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, may God continue to bless you. You're listening to Lighthouse Live, produced by Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network.